0: This is the story of a podcast, a podcast called Fools with Tools. Not an Earth podcast, never broadcast on Earth, and until the terrible catastrophe occurred never seen or even heard by any Earthman. Nevertheless, a wholly remarkable podcast. Not only is it a wholly remarkable show, it is also a highly successful one, more popular than the Kling Spore Audio Compendium better selling than 50 more hosts on a podcast, and more controversial than how big is your expensive tool collection where the Godfather went wrong. And in many of the more relaxed civilizations on the outer eastern rim of the galaxy, Fools with Tools has already supplanted the great Encyclopedia of Hinges as the standard repository for all knowledge and wisdom, for though it has many omissions and contains much that is apocryphal, or at least wildly inaccurate, it scores over older, more pedestrian work in two important respects. First, it is slightly cheaper. And secondly, it has the words, for fuck's sake, inscribed in large friendly letters on its thumbnail. But the story of this terrible, stupid episode, the story of its extraordinary consequences, and the story of how these consequences are inextricably intertwined with this remarkable book begins very simply. It begins with a house.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Steve.
2: And I'm in the spare room,
0: <laughs> And I'm
1: Mr.
2: Tumnus. <laughs> and this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the egregious editor. Is that what, what, yeah, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Three, Mr. It.
2: Yeah. Uh, so gentlemen, how is everyone? Ow. How are you? What have you been up to?
3: I'm alright. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's been a very long week at work. We had a huge workshop with a big client, so it was kind of all building up to that. But Thursday night, uh, my friend said, "Oh, um, I'm doing an exhibition on Saturday. Uh, could you build a Could you build me a lighting rig for a human sized Amazon Alexa?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, so she'd actually. Uh, had this uh, uh, interactive piece at the exhibition that I did at work, and it was kind of like you go in the room and she's inside this Alexa. And is
2: it pronounced potato or
3: potato? potato. <laughs> um, and it went down really well at the exhibition that we had in the summer. So she's done like a version 2.0 and rebuilt this whole Alexa and actually like done it really nicely and got like really nice fabric. Um, and she's changed all the questions, and it's it's like really aggressive now and really like intimidating. And basically, I mean, she's she's turned it around so you become the Alexa. So you sit on this chair, and she just asks you shit.
0: <laughs> and, gets, like, and gets
3: like more and more impatient with you. Um, it's really funny. In fact, a lot of people kind of got like quite upset because she was getting like really kind of like um, yeah. asking for bank details and shit. And, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all it's all done with uh, like a computerized voice. She's got yeah. a sound. She's got a soundboard, but she's edited in a way that like she knows. Uh, the questions that are coming and stuff. And it's really, it's really quite advanced. Yeah. Um, But yeah, last minute, she was just like, you know what would really make this awesome? If you had like an actual, like lighting rig, like an Alexa on the top. Yeah. So that was the panic build on like Friday night, just, just busting that out. Um, And then Saturday went down, helped install it. um, And it went down really well. It was just like a local sort of arts festival. It was on Saturday. It was really nice little day. Awesome. Nice little afternoon. Nice little afternoon. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then I've I've had uh, (laughs) to I've had one of my mates staying at my house. He's um, he's just having a, like a bit of trouble at home, so he's just my house has become kind of like a um, <laughs> a social retreat for, <laughs> for, for like welfare and well being. Um, so I've, I've been kind of looking after my mates for a couple week for well all week actually. So yeah, this I... is my fir- this is my first beer of the week, so I'm dying to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: lovely. There he is. Oh, Asahi. Uh, Mm, nice
2: Uh, Brett what about you
1: I have been prepping and doing the class things we have Steve Pellegrino here for knife making again and it turns out as much as I thought I was prepared more than prepared this time I was absolutely not and (laughs) we have I think 12 students and the last knife making class was 7 or 8 yeah, And not only are there just more people, everybody is in full overachiever mode, including Matthew Berry from Matthew Berry Customs. Um, I, I think everybody's made six knives. And so that was all the grinding and profiling. And then so Steve and I spent four hours just heat treating and stuff yesterday. And then it's like everybody got their knives back and they're like, right, so there's not much left to do, right? And we go, okay, well, handle making... We'll take you a while and we have to do the finish grinding and all this, whatever. So I think everybody got a sense of it a couple of hours ago. Cause this is technically the last day. Yeah. Uh, I think it hit everybody like a ton of bricks. And I, I started hearing everybody just kind of go, right. So I think I'm just going to try and finish the one or maybe, <laughs> maybe two of them if I can get to it. Cause yeah, it's hard to knock out a knife in an afternoon, let alone six or yeah. in a weekend. Uh, it's going really well though. I got to do a little forge demo, forging demo with Steve last night because there were some people keen on learning how blades are forged and whatnot. And even though I have only made, I think, two knives, (laughs) we got through it. We made it work. Um, Other than that, I have been working on a project. I was kind of keeping it a bit secretive because I was still waiting to hear back some information on said piece. And. Though it is it is a bit of a, another restoration, um, it's quite special. I found a, a post vice from a flea market, the big flea market that we go to on Sundays. I found it a couple of weeks ago and messaged Chris Cash, Mr., Mr. Post Vice himself, and over the days of deconstructing it and figuring out how the hell it was made, it is this tiny little beautiful thing and it's probably 200 years old.
2: Yeah, that's a lot of raw.
1: Yeah. And so I had to get a new, I had to forge a new collar and spring and all the little guts for it. Mm -hmm. And then do a lot of tweaking on on some of the bits that weren't fitting together after such age. But I am delighted with how it turned out. I'm very happy. Good. And I was going to try and get the video up by this weekend, but (laughs) (laughs) editing is tough. Yes.
2: Yes, it is. (laughs) And that segues beautifully into what have you there. been up to. Into what,
3: Except, been up to?
2: <laughs> uh, what have I been up to? Uh, I have very much enjoyed having a week of... Um, week off. Yeah, week of week of doing nothing,
1: <laughs> as, as always. <laughs> I had so much time off now that he doesn't have a job. Oh, such a prick. Uh, <laughs> uh, what
2: have I done? I, I actually did take Tuesday completely off, um, and that was nice, uh, but we've be- just been full production mode uh, all week. Um, and yesterday was a class. But the reason I took Tuesday off is because we had a very fun, busy weekend, which I'll completely forgot to mention.
3: No, and uh, you to to recap it because <laughs> I'm not greedy. Uh,
2: yeah, so uh because it's been two weeks um since we last recorded the reason we wanted to have next week off
3: is because i'm just not sorry i just realized i kind of look like ellis from die hard yeah (laughs) (laughs) hans booby (laughs) (laughs) the beards at that density level
2: yeah (laughs) i love it (laughs) um sorry anyway Yes, so uh, we had um, a festival on last week, uh, which is why we didn't record, Um, because not only was it me there, but Al joined us, uh, Cara was there, and obviously Jazz was there as well. Um, It was fun, it was quite a relaxed festival for us, Um, much more so than uh, some of the the other ones we've had this summer, Um, but still kind of busy days uh, in the workshop didn't really get to see too much of uh the actual festival um just because i was uh alone in the workshop for a lot of the time because joe couldn't Um... come because (laughs) because he was uh teaching in the woods and al decided to go to a and e on the sat the friday just because he had a little bit of metal in his eye um but yeah and then on the saturday we did a forging feast um with Al doing the cooking, and Al doing the forging, and that wasn't at all
3: confusing for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, Especially was... when I, I started cooking on the forge. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, uh, so I'm trying to explain to people what's happening, and I've got Al, Al, and um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really good fun. Uh, lots of people involved. The food was top-notch, um, and it was really nice to be able to kind of give people the chance to use the stuff that we make before they buy it um and i think that's something that's going to be happening quite a lot more next year um al pole or alex pole um is absolutely in love with hackshack al uh and especially the amazing spatchcock spatchcock chicken that he did um yeah exactly uh so yeah, he wants to get Al back to do all of the festivals and all of the cooking, um, and basically be our waiter, uh, oh. which I think is quite waiter.
3: Go. Oh, he'll yeah. be our waiter.
2: No, you'll I'll be... be your waiter. Yeah,
3: no, I'll
2: be your butler. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, butler. Sorry, not waiter. That's, <laughs> that was the one. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of fun. Uh, Al got to meet Jim Parking, uh, Woo! <laughs> and then didn't realise that he'd met Jim Parking until twenty minutes later.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> But yeah, it's just been, it was a, a really good fun festival um, with lots of wonderful people and things happening. Um, and that doesn't segue beautifully into our subject. Um
0: okay. if, I was,
2: if I was clever, what I could do is edit it so that I went after Al, but unfortunately I'm not that good, which is why I need a lesson in editing. So, Brett right what's that all about
1: episode 101 back back to editing basics welcome Uh, so I'm going to be jumping back and forth uh, between a chat with the boys and the editing software that I use which is Adobe Premiere Um, I'm gonna specifically try and, and keep things pretty general because everybody's got a different editing software and it's a lot like right angle grinders. Like there's a lot of different brands. They all kind of do the same thing. It's whatever you got. There you go. It's whatever you have, either the funds for or or can justify. Um, just so that everybody's aware, I do use Premiere because I also use things like Photoshop and Illustrator and uh, Audition, and I get access to all of those things by having like the Adobe Cloud stuffs. So I've been using it for years, whatever. It's the tool I'm comfortable <laughs> with. Anyway, here's the interface of Premiere. Um, I'm going to drop everything in and then have a couple of talks about pre production that I do uh, to make my life a bit easier once it comes to the edit, because we all hate knowing that we finished the project, but you haven't really finished the project. If you want to put it on the tubes or the socials, so I'll I'll drop everything into a timeline just to get it up there. And this is literally what I do every time. I just take all of my footage and dump it. So it's in, in there and I can get a sense of, you know, I look at this and go, oh, great, I have two hours and 17 minutes of footage. I hate my life. I can't wait to edit all of this stuff. I am going to, uh, for shits and giggles, I will show the viewers a little test that I learned a few years ago from a production manager, which was how to edit in camera or how to shoot tight so you can edit light. That's, that was always the motto, shoot tight, edit light. Right. So I already checked my folder that has all of my video footage in it. And I have 133 clips. I'm gonna average, I'm gonna say on average, they're anywhere between three and five seconds. So I'll split that and say, four let me do let me do the math (laughs) on camera the math on camera again so 133 clips times four seconds a piece let's call it 532 and then divide by 60 to figure out what could I roughly based on my experience in editing what should I kind of end up with with the footage that I've got if I use every clip because I've deleted stuff if it wasn't a good shot or if I knew that I didn't Achieve the goal as I was filming it, I'll just go delete that clip. I don't need to even be bothered with it in the edit. So right now the math comes out to 8.86. So almost nine minutes. I'm going to use the example of the broom video that I put up and I have already finished the edit, obviously, and put it up a week or two ago. And if I go to the end of the timeline to see how long it was, it's eight minutes and 50 seconds. So almost on the nose with my estimation. Just means I I... I probably shot everything that I needed and didn't have a lot of extra. It's just a good gauge. It's way over the top thinking that no one else really needs to do. <laughs> but
3: but, but what, if what it I helps like, you, what I like, Brett, is that the, there could be a middle ground with that. Like you're saying, shoot tight in the camera. You know, be really like economic because it's going to save you time in the long run. But I do like that bit in between where you might have shot more than you need but you can just delete it you don't need right. to you don't need to import it you don't need to slow down the process you don't need to add it in your timeline you can yeah. just you can you can almost like edit in between the camera and hmm. when you actually come to edit yeah
1: and i realized this is it was a bit specific the the example that i was giving was a bit specific to me but what this is going to tell you is Obviously, when you pump everything in the timeline, you're not going to go, oh, I know that I'm going to have an eight minute video like that's not necessarily what you're going for. What it does is help you get a gauge for uh, if you're somebody that likes, you know, pretty quick paced stuff or you want a long format. If you come in and and put in all of your footage and you have 10 minutes of footage, but you thought you shot six hours of footage, then something (laughs) went wrong. You know, you need to be paying attention a little bit more in camera, what you're shooting or. Did you forget to hit the record button a few times? Yeah. Um this is really good for me because it I like to keep my videos moving pretty quickly because I like keeping everybody's attention. I move my camera a lot when I'm filming to get different angles and stuff. So if I have say the Forge video had seven and a half hours of footage, I yeah. way overshot that. that. I knew going in that I was like too much footage.
2: Yeah. Just to uh quickly go back to what um what I was saying though, I think that's something that we kind of uh, rushed over a little bit, but I think it's worth mentioning again. Like if you're anything like me and you have a, a, um, a computer that isn't exactly the quickest thing in the world um, and when you import everything into your timeline and it's it then takes 20 minutes to play a 30-second yeah. clip, yeah, yeah. Um, it is massively worth just, even if it's just quickly looking at the thumbnails of of everything that you've shot and going, actually, you know what? I reshot that 20 minutes later and I don't need that one cause I know that's crap because the continuity doesn't work or whatever. Or even if you have to actually play those clips before you import them, just to like Al said, you, you know, you get rid of the shit before you import it. Um, yeah. even just doing that can make a massive difference.
1: Yeah. And so much of editing the, that I've learned over the years is just optimizing not only the hardware that you're using, but just your time in general. Yeah. If I were to tell you to go find six of this one size of screw, but it was in a bag of 7,000 other screws, that's obviously going to take you shit to of time. Just parse everything down as best you can. Yeah. Be able to work with with less footage, you know, or like give yourself yeah. less work to do in the aftermath of actually building the project. because there's a couple of different approaches here too in the pre-production thing where somebody like jimmy jimmy will film while we're working on a project and he will go home at the end of the night and edit up to what we got shot that day so he actually edits as he goes along with the project i don't know anybody else that does that to me that's insane because i don't know how the story builds or i I can't understand the pacing but jimmy has a very specific style that works for that kind of thing so um Good on him for doing it, but I have to be able to drop everything in so I can get a sense of what I'm yeah. working with and, and the pacing of things.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that that's kind of applies to a lot of people. Like a lot of people will find that it's it's possible to to trim stuff down so you you know that um you know if if you've got if you're building a project over three weeks and every other day you're doing a little bit of filming to it if you can spend half an hour to just go through those shots and just trim down. You know, even if it's just cutting out the bit where you turn the camera on, walk in front of it, (laughs) do your thing, walk around, even if you just trim that down, like that can make a massive difference.
0: I am
1: still, I am still waiting for one of these editing programs. I, I don't care if it's Windows Movie Maker or iMovie, it doesn't matter. Like, this isn't a has to be the big boy. This has to be any program that edits footage where there's just a function or a button that says, Would you like me to trim the first and last two seconds off of every clip in this timeline, and you just go, (laughs) "Yes, please," because you know you're gonna get rid of it anyway. I've got to build on that. What if it can um,
3: sense that there's no movement? Yeah, ooh, and just cut out the bit up until something actually
1: starts happening. Yeah, which it probably would not bad, not bad, but hero shot. A lot of people do their beauty shots at the end and there's very little movement sometimes. I wonder how selective you could make it be.
0: But that's we'll, that's the thing is you. We'll just we'll work just, on it, yeah. Adobe. Yeah,
1: Al, Al, do your Raspberry Pi magic and figure out <laughs> no, like I'm it. sure
3: it's probably fucking quite quite easy actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, that, it, that, is, that's, there's...
1: that's how the um, the
3: the effect works. Where I did the Matrix thing, where I took the pill and I like, yeah. turned like glass. Basically, yeah. it 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 you go out of shot and it come back in shot, and it's the bit that's changed. Yeah, so it knows yeah. when there's different pixels. Yeah, Very Very I nice. mean.
2: To be fair, writing a a a program that cuts the the first and last few seconds out of a a clip would be like a easy project for anyone that does any coding.
3: Yeah, Um, that's a nice little script. Get on it. There we go. All right. So
1: I know I know very little about technical things like that. I just (laughs) know how to click buttons and make edits happen. But I Um, I think I
3: think the the principle of of
1: being more ruthless, trimming
3: stuff down, because so many times I've yeah i've done my done my edit got to it and it's like fuck. it's 20 minutes long yeah and you, and you go back and you have just spent all that time getting all the timings right and the shots nice and the composition nice and then you just go back and you go get rid of that get rid of that yeah. get rid of yeah. that yeah you know yeah. cut I, that clip in half i don't need to show that i've already showed the sanding fuck it yeah get off be you know if it can be roof if it's gonna it be like it can be ruthless beforehand yeah <laughs> sounds weird but
2: I think almost every every edit I do, I do at least three passes through of right. like the first one is just a really rough cut. The second one is like, <laughs> do, does this make sense? And the third yeah. one is like trimming out seconds here and there just to get it down.
1: It, but, still, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to chuck
2: in one other little tip, just because it's in my head and I know that there's going to be people that are going to suffer from this as well. If if you're anything like me and you have um, a really old camera that the audio is shit on it and you have to record the audio completely separately um don't do what i tried doing for the first uh, forge video and try and uh, add that sound in as you're doing the edit just if you've got a long clip of people talking and a long audio file just mash those two together first then edit like then export that and then import <laughs> that again
0: right. rather yeah, than yeah. trying
2: to do like each little clip cuz fuck that was that was painful like i spent an entire evening doing that and then just went ah i'm an idiot
1: no this could be i mean this could be a six hour long talk about audio and video (laughs) everything we'll, we'll try and keep it yes that's a great note uh the silly thing to talk about what you guys mentioned with the not being precious uh that might be one of the things that i have on total lock after doing this for like 15 years i only edit one time
3: one time like
1: everything goes i i tend to shoot in chronological order if i can because it helps me with the way that i want to try and build the story um it's not always going to work out that way for any of us even if you're not necessarily one to try and develop a story or do an intro and outro some things can be done out of sync because you're waiting for something to glue up so you work on another piece Um, I tend to work chronologically because it helps me. Again, it saves me time. Taking the extra time to film that way saves me time in the edit. That's the only reason I really do it. Um, I have have been told so many times by production managers that were above me to not be precious to my work. Or, hey, I shot six hours of footage at this event. What can I put a video together on? They're like, you have three minutes on today's TV show. So you have to edit it in the next two hours and it has to be three minutes long. That'll teach you to be not precious about anything. You just yeah. take an axe and rip it all in half. I have to reiterate this again. This isn't how to edit. This is how I edit. I hope I hope it helps. Um, I think I know a little bit of like tips and tricks that I've picked up over the way, but Al, I know you do an amazing job with your file systeming to keep things in order within your user interface. Um, I am set on default, and I've been like that forever. It's just... That's how it works. I make <laughs> folders. That's the only difference is that I have yeah. folders on the side. I think it's because a lot of my a lot of my projects
3: um, are not all shot in one go, and I do some scenes like I've got scenes from things I shot years ago oh, okay. that I'm still, I'm still making into projects. So I have to fucking f- properly order it and file it and name it because otherwise I'll come back and I'm like I have no idea where that clip is, yeah. but, you know. And I, and I have to keep it. It also means I've got to stu- I've got to, like save everything uh yeah you know in a perfect world you'd like shoot edit and then get rid like you don't need to
1: save the files like you're not going to go back yeah. and read it, do a fucking george lucas redo like <laughs> like you're but... going to take all of your right angle grinders and turn them into walkie talkies <laughs> <laughs> one of these days um so yeah uh, unfortunately
3: it's, it's my uh, i'm my own worst enemy so i need to be organized which is not one of my <laughs> strong suits but Yeah, in this instance I I am quite organized.
1: Right on. I edit to music. I put like there's always music in my videos because it just it helps me edit and keep pace with things. And it also helps me try and develop the mood of whatever I'm Mm. trying to whatever story I'm trying to tell, or the mood of the piece that I'm working on, you know. Yeah. Uh it's really typical to see metal movers or forging videos where it's just rock music blaring through your ears and it's all fast paced and stuff. I specifically don't like – I won't say I don't like that. I don't prefer that, and I tend to steer away from it and go for something a little bit more mellow because I think the action of swinging a hammer is nice, but ramping the energy up that much gives me anxiety <laughs> while I'm editing, <laughs> especially when you're, like, repeating shots to see if the timing is right and you just listen to the like 16 times in a row. It scares the crap out of me. So with you guys i know that we've all talked about steve's ambiance in his videos and it is definitely a thing and a style it's it's opinion but i really like that you don't use music um and that you let the atmosphere speak for itself al you kind of pick and choose as things feel the right way but do you guys start with audio being a prevalent choice or do you just kind of get to uh parsing things down
2: uh for i mean for me like there's there's a few recently where i've started like some that i've not put out yet where um the audio like i'm actually talking to camera and so that then becomes a uh a much bigger concern um generally with mine i i tend to uh shoot uh, sorry i tend to cut down um for the correct visuals but because like say you've got those those hammer strikes and things like that, I'm quite cautious or I'm quite finicky about making sure that I don't cut into it whilst it's at the beginning or like halfway through a, a set of strikes. So it's not like all of a sudden there's one strike and then an off strike and then three strikes. Like I try and keep that, right. um, make it so that the rhythm makes sense. Um, and the same, like the few times that I have used music um, – I'll put the music in at the end, but I'll then pay a little bit of attention to when it's cutting in, when it's cutting out, um, and like then like do another pass through with the edit, and that's when I'm cutting out like a second here or making this one actually a little bit longer just to make sure that um, it kind of matches the music in some way. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, for me, like a lot of it is um, I really like uh, the the natural sounds and I like using those kind of, um, audio cues to, to set up where things are going. So I've started getting to the point where, you know, I'll do a fade in to a shot, but I'll have the, the audio coming in first, or if it's, even if it's just a quick cut, you know, I'm, I'm already talking before I cut over to the, uh, to the visual or I'm already putting the the hammer
3: sounds in or whatever. I think that, Um, that overlap is once you realize you can do that. Yeah. Audio is a really nice way to link scene to scene. So yeah, you're not, exactly. you're not just cutting and then oh a different bit of music or cutting and then di- yeah because it, it there's obviously some, something subconscious is going where you kind of hear that first yeah uh, and obviously that's the you know that's the part of the brain that's before visual so you're, you're actually yeah. hearing it and going oh yeah fuck this is next yeah it like just
2: makes that. it less jarring
3: I think yeah. I think I, actually, I think I actually did that by accident the first time <laughs> and just left it in and I was like oh that really fucking nicely and I didn't know <laughs> yeah. I, was, I didn't, have, didn't do my basic fucking research but also, it's obviously a really nice way to link scenes together.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, and I like how it's a default setting. I'll, I'll bring up my user interface right now and just show what we're talking about uh, to any of the visual listeners. But between these two clips, the audio is just ambient noise, you know, um, exterior noise. But then I start slamming on this block. What I appreciate about what Steve said is most blacksmiths have a rhythm that they strike at. So if I were to cut right now, when it's at the top of the screen, so breaking in the middle of that, you'd have a one, two, three, four. And if you cut in the middle of that, you'd end up obviously with that one, two, three, four. And it's really jarring. doesn't yeah. seem like it's going to do that, but I like that you're aware of that, Steve, because it definitely comes across in
2: the videos. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that again, that kind of comes just from um, like the first few that first few videos I did were like if I look back at them now, they they were awful, um, and the way that things were cut together. And it was going back and and watching that that uh, that made me realise like actually I need to make sure that this isn't just suddenly cutting um, randomly to the next scene. There's no there's no. Um, uh, flow to it um so you know I, I need to make sure that i've got um I've, I've i've got something that that helps pass it through and whether that is using a you know a transition effect or something like that <laughs> or whether it's um just just curious <laughs> George, yeah, George Lucas, <laughs> yeah
1: exactly yeah. Um, Venetian
3: blinds classic yeah
1: oh but, yes the jaws it's gotta be the jaws it's exactly... start, Star wipe every time.
3: Um, (laughs) But
2: (laughs) but, yeah, that's the thing is it's only got to be a a couple of seconds of that little um, overlap makes a huge difference. And, and it's the same thing. If you're, if you do do a quick cut and you don't uh, do that audio, um, then have it like coming in, in the middle of like it, it, for example, even if you're just using angle grinder Mm -hmm. and you're coming in uh, right at the peak of, of noise level, that's horrible. Yeah. So
3: quite often <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: yeah. it's like you go from this nice like da 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 yeah. and um, but it's the
3: same as like a visual thing. Like if you if you yeah. just cut to like a, a bright flash, you'd be like, whoa, yeah. you know,
1: yeah. one and, uh,
3: yeah.
1: Anybody that follows Owner on Instagram <laughs> knows what <laughs> people feel about welding flashes. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, do, do 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 yourself a favor while you're editing. You can put something in front of wherever your heat source is when you're welding. Just block something in between the camera and your torch. And a lot of that flash will go away because the sensor can't see past the object. You'll yeah. still see all the lighting in the room and everything, but like put a little water bottle in front of it. Or something. Yeah. Make that go away. But. <laughs> so Later in, Brett's Pet Hates. <laughs> oh, it's maybe because I filmed for somebody that... Yeah. Has I'm like, why does this look like this? Um, I almost always block him. You can tell... <laughs> insider info. You can tell when I have filmed something, when Jimmy's been welding, and he's filmed something. Because yeah. 99% of the time, I block his weld with something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Should we get into that? We've been talking for 25 minutes about editing and if this is any a gauge for how intensive this can be for all of us that do it, there's a lot of shit going on and we haven't even started. I put everything in the timeline. So I start with music because it helps me edit. I also use a service called Epidemic. Some people I know use it because I recognize some of the music that gets used in their videos, but Epidemic's really cheap. I used to work for a stock media company where we sold music and and graphics and video and stuff like that and then I found Epidemic and went wow their business model is way better so Welcome personal opinion five. Uh, so people
2: get what you mean i'm assuming that epidemic is a place that you um you get your well, yeah you get your music and that from and is that all that that you're saying that offers is it a, a website or something
1: yes so epidemic is a sound and music library they have tons of sound effects and constantly updating music library with tons of different genres and stuff. It may not be like the most search friendly. Um, I've talked about that with a few people. It just seems like it's it's easy to find what you want unless you're going yeah. for something really specific, and then it becomes like, why don't they have more pirate music? <laughs> Run <We're under> into <laughs> that problem a lot of times.
2: Yeah, because I mean, I, I there's a few uh, like royalty free. Um, ones that I've used for like just putting random sound effects in and like ones that I've used for editing the podcast and stuff as well. But just as a, as an example, cause this is, this is a, a program or a company that I've never actually heard of. Um, like for someone like you, that's got a good number of subscribers and like puts videos out regularly. Are you talking like this is costing you what, like a few bucks a month or is this costing you like, Fifty dollars a month sort
1: of thing. Like two cups of coffee a month. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. I mean, we're it's it's something like ten or fifteen quid. Where the fuck are you getting
3: your coffee from?
1: <laughs> uh, I was trying to <laughs> underestimate. Easy there, Al. Oh, I love it. Oh, well, when it's you go into Starbucks and order a double mocha fropa chino with the double shot of something, it, it gets pricey it does yeah all right <laughs> into into the lion's den so i've got all of my clips in my timeline and i shot this one a bit out of order uh where i really just needed the time to get the build done yeah and here towards the end funny story if you look at what i'm wearing it almost looks like it's as dirty as it was in the intro yeah. even though it's supposed to be the outro <laughs> Because I shot them both at the same time, um, I. Oh yeah, this is me squatting on the on the <laughs> on the broom. So silly. We
0: so... just
2: just a very quick one for anybody that's listening to the uh, the podcast on their normal podcast app. Uh, in case you haven't already realized. This episode is going to be out on youtube as well so uh yes (laughs) go check out the forza tools channel please uh, feel
1: free to see me squatting on my broom yeah (laughs) it's great uh all right so uh my the first thing that i do that helps me out a lot is i will actually sort through um and compartmentalize my timeline and like steve said if you're using maybe a slightly older machine or your files are really big and you can't pump everything into the timeline and you gotta go like piece by piece, this could be a little bit different for you. But as far as my workflow goes, I will take, I know this is the outro roughly, I'm not gonna get super specific on this, but I will take the outro and put it at the end. This is the intro and I'm moving it, to the beginning and now i know that everything in the middle is my build so i'm able to just initially compartmentalize uh i'll spend a little bit extra time going through the intro and outro to make sure that they kind of set up and then finish the story the way that i want them to They usually take me a little bit longer because there's things like audio involved. There's a crotch shot for everybody. That's cool. Um, And what I'll do from here is I just continue to compartmentalize because it helps me, again, sort through what I've got. It's hard to remember all the clips as you're shooting them, especially if you're doing something like Al was mentioning earlier. If you've got five projects going on at the same time and you're having to save files everywhere and maybe it's a couple weeks before you get back to a project. You Nine times out of ten, you forget what you shot. So I will go through and in a non-linear or layerable editing software like Premiere, um, I have multiple uh, positions that I can put the video and audio levels or audio files into. And just to show everyone what I'm talking about, this is all on channel 1 and channel 2 like layer 1 layer 2 and if i wanted to put say a clip in between or underneath i can stack them like this and what you'll get is the visual from one but the audio will still play layered whatever i feel like that's pretty self-explanatory um but this is a visual this is a visual sorting that i'm doing right here that i'm showing you guys So, because I can move everything to different layers, I know that this first clip, this starts the first section of my build. And I like to compartmentalize my build. So, I'm working on the broomstick right now. And I will very quickly scrub through and try and find a point where that section of the build changes. Okay, so, the forging is done on this clip because I go inside and I'm working in the barn again so I'll pull this clip up as a visual marker of saying that's where my build changes and I go on to the next piece and wherever that next piece is say like the brassing, okay that's another part that I want to point out or the the putting the hay on was uh, a good shift and then I have some hero shots at the end so really what I'm able to look at now is I, I get to say I have five parts of a video I have an intro three build sections and then an outro therefore if I'm looking at the music that I've pulled in for whatever vibe I'm trying to create I'm gonna look for say five pieces of music yeah this is why I keep bringing up why music is very important for me because a three minute long piece of music will typically have an intro a middle and an end you know or like a build and then an out it, yeah. it has a structure to the piece that's been put together and so what that does for me is if I'm going to complete a portion of the build, I'm going to complete that portion of the build within a uh, piece of music because yeah. we are ingrained we are we are like naturally um, used to hearing things in this bite-sized manner right like you get a three minute long piece of music that song started and then it ended. Well, if yeah. I can finish a piece of the build during that time then I'm staying on a, a regular pace that people are used to, then I can shift to another song and it doesn't seem like it's jarring because like, we've told that part of the story. Now we're going on to the next piece. And I can yeah. play with the buildup of just having a background check for the intro, just something that needs to play while I'm talking. And then during the build, I can pace out the build to whatever that first piece of music is. Maybe it starts off soft and then the second section really builds up, and then it starts to come down in the third section, and then I can have another light music bed for the outro. And you can play with that a million times over and build and build uh, crescendos if you if you're hitting metal at the end and flux is flying everywhere. Like you can play super powerful music and build the video up to yeah. that. This helps me structure it so that I know. Oh crap! I spent a lot of time forging because that's 50% of my timeline right now is me forging yeah. the handle. Yeah. So but if I, think... I want to even those out, you know, I, I, that means I need to take out some of that stuff in the uh, yeah. The forge. I think so... that,
2: that's one of the um, kind of e- even if you're not editing to music or, um, or anything like that. I think uh, dividing your build up into sections is a really good way of of um, of editing because like you say it, you know you look at each section is like a a chapter in a book so you make each one of those not necessarily self-contained but um but you divide them up and, and that gives you it, like if you if you know that you're only going to have 20 minutes a day to edit then it means that okay well today i'm working on chapter one tomorrow i'm working on chapter two or yes e- even if you've got again going back to me and my shitty laptop if if you've got a computer that can't handle six hours of footage being um, imported into it at once, you can say, right, well, I'm just going to take the clips of, you know, forging out the handle. I'm just going to load all of them in. and I'm going to go through that and I'm going to get that down to roughly what I want. And then, cause I've, I've done this before, like uh, edited a video in like three or four different sections, exported all of them, then imported those three completed in inverted commas um, uh, completed chapters in back into it gone through it and gone well, actually i really like the way that it flows but i wish this one was a little bit longer or that one had that extra shot in it gone back to the original saved files of those chapters edited it in there and then done And it's a long-winded pain in the ass way of doing it but you yeah. like i say if you're working with limited tools it's it's finding those little kind of tricks and tips that yeah. that work for you so i think um I think yeah this sort of stuff is is not just applicable to to just music it's there's a lot of tips and things that you can gain from this no matter what the situation is I think, yeah, I think we'll,
3: just, oh, sorry, sorry, but just just to jump on what you're saying about <clears throat> just looking at that timeline now you've got you know like you said 40% of it is is the forging bit and I think this is this is something that <clears throat> maybe a lot of people don't realize when especially when they're starting out they maybe put too much of some stuff or not enough of another another bit. Yeah. And it's like, yes, it's your video, do whatever you want. You know, if you want it to be a forging video, obviously concentrate on that the most. But I think I was guilty of it as well, you know, early mm. on. You don't you don't really realize because you were involved in doing the project, you are kind of numb to to, to what you know. Oh, I, I know yeah. I spent that long doing that. So that's why it's that long. But yeah. somebody watching it who wasn't there doesn't know how long it took might not necessarily want to sit through that so it's it's about just being aware of you know is 10 minutes of of you know putting wood through a planer really what (laughs) you want to see or do you you get the basic gist of it and actually they might be way more interested in something that you know is a technique of yours or something you you know like brett showing like the brassing you know that's probably something that not a lot of people know about so you know Focusing on that for a little bit longer could actually be really interesting and get yeah. people's attention. And, right. and the thing is, is I think it's
2: it's one of those that like I the one that's coming to mind is the the Badger Claw video. Like I spent so long forging on that, but I was really conscious of the fact that I didn't want to have 20 minutes of me beating on a single piece of metal. Like it yeah. was like that would have been boring. But it was finding ways that show the passage of time that show that you know that was an entire day's worth of work montage um, baby yeah and that's the thing yeah it's finding a way to show that passage of time without <laughs> it taking 20 minutes sort of thing right. um and i think yeah like like you say it's it, it's finding it's not getting too caught up and not being all like oh but this took me so long so i want to show people all of this it's like yeah, but that watching 20 minutes of you hand planing a bit of wood isn't going to be as interesting as watching a 10 minute video of the whole process sort of thing. Yeah. I, was just, I was just
3: going to say just even, I mean, for, the, for, pe- for those not familiar with, with a timeline like this in an edit, in editing suite, that's, you know, what you see there, those little blue sort of bookends, that's every little clip, right? So yeah. you're pretty kind of average clip length, like four or five seconds long and they're, they're pretty uniform.
1: Yeah. You know, you've got that a few
3: will be bit longer but then this suddenly the there's brass- yeah, clip. This that, that's the brass- exactly so even without knowing that, that's something that sticks out for me, even just looking at that really condensed timeline. Right. Is, is something that you want to sh- you know, it's that's that's rare for you to, to give something screen time for that long. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I'm a fan of this whole kind of visualization stuff. I don't know if there's any way uh Within, say, iMovie, I don't, I don't know how it works very well because I haven't worked in it in a long time. I know a lot of people work in iMovie because they have Macs and it comes yeah. with iMovie. Again, not being super learned in it, I'm pretty sure you can put everything into the timeline.
3: It's, so it's pretty much like like what you're looking at there. What One of the things I, I actually prefer about iMovie is that you can kind of book clips up together and lock clips in little groups. Yeah, It kind of makes this a, a little bit easier as well, so that the whole chaptering thing right um, is actually a lot more visually um makes more sense in iMovie yeah um, but obviously you know you 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 you're removing features but principles are the same same in final cut final right. cut's like somewhere in between iMovie and, and premiere yeah
1: yeah the best thing if if you're one of those folks that really likes to take out sections and work on those chapters is a really um often used term in video production world is nesting yeah um or pre-composing pre-composing gets used a lot in after effects and motion graphics but uh within premiere and you guys can see this on screen correct yep Uh, um it says nest is is a selection that i can make i just write i you know select this whole group and right click and it'll bring up nest and i can say intro and then what that will do is it turns it green in this timeline, um, and it makes it just one clip, right? One one piece of video. But yeah. if I double click on it, this actually takes me into a nested comp. It's within. It's yeah. a video within a video. <laughs> um, but it's so not so having can, to do what it's not having to do what Steve said before, which is rendering yeah. it all out. So it, it removes that time-consuming part of it. Yeah. Yes. And that's, you know, not all programs have that capability, but most of them have a way to uh, pre-compose or nest things and and have like a master timeline. And then everything can feed into that. So if I make any edits to this right now, like say I take this clip, shorten it down, you know, delete the airspace. So now I'm I'm probably like five or 10 seconds shorter. If I go back to the main uh, clip and zoom in on it, in the timeline, you can see this is all dead space now because I yeah. deleted that in yeah. the pre-composition or the nested comp. So you do have to make a, some tweaks mm-hmm. if if you go crazy editing. I have a tendency to... I don't let this sit here. Like, if I'm going to do this chapter thing, I will have a master composition like this. And I'll work on the intro here and then in, uh, in Premiere, at least, and, and in other... User interfaces for other programs, it'll be in a different situation or in a different position on your screen. But this is just all of my assets. This is the sequence for intro and whatever edits I make. If I drop that into the timeline, those edits are already pre made. So that's just like a random little detail. But if you want to edit and you do have Premiere, you could totally break it up into chapters and then drop all of those chapters into a master timeline. It could save you tons and tons of time. Yeah. The other good thing about that is being able to do like all of your edits to 15 clips. And like Steve was saying, if you ever have to tweak the audio afterwards, you don't have to say you're leveling the audio and you realize that two of the clips are super loud. If they're nested like this, that just has one audio channel on it now. So you can control all of the audio in the nested comp, get it all sounding nice. And then if you get into the master and it maybe still seems a little bit louder, you get to lower everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're just regulating everything within one clip. You could do fade ins and fade outs and only have to control one clip. So again, it just, it makes less work for you. If you want to break up into chapters, move into this, then you may only have, say I broke this into five. I would have five master clips that I could do finishing on things like color correction. If you're shooting in the same light, for a long period of time, and you want to go as far as color correcting, you could color correct 100 individual clips or pre-compose it like this and then just do it once. Yeah. Saves time. It's all jigs and... jigs and CNC machines, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, because that's the thing. The the software that I use, I know that I can't... um, I can't actually uh, color correct an entire section. The same with the audio. Like, I... They can only do it for individual clips, so I've got into the habit of, of like you say, either if it's one long shot that I'm then segmenting up, um, doing that color correction beforehand, or if it's lots of little shots um, that are all um, that are all shot in the same light, um, then I'll I create a preset um, color correction like profile wow. thing and just go through and, and do that and do that before I do any more editing on it. Just make sure that all that color correction is done then. Cause where, where I uh, do most of my videos, I it's a great place, but depending on time of day, the, you know, I get shafts of sunlight that come in <laughs> through two skylights <laughs> and it fucks with everything and it's horrible. Um, but
1: yeah, I, I like that Al has the hack shack because even though it's, it's a windowless box, that super works to your advantage. If you're somebody that wants to maintain some consistency, like Al, I want your perspective on this, but half of of editing for me is continuity. Mm. And so not having to color correct a shit ton because I'm controlling the light while I'm shooting and so that it all visually looks the same and it's not jarring. Filming in your Hack Shack when we did the, the video with Sophie last year was awesome because everything looks the same the entire time until the yeah. sun started going down and then you turn the lights on.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, like in that respect, winter's better because the doors are shut. So nothing changes. Um, and I'm I'm so glad that I didn't put fucking windows in because it would just be a pain in the ass, <laughs> especially like, like I'm in the north of England. So, you know, you get super like low sun in the evening. Right. Um, so it would, it would be a nightmare. Um, I mean, I'm listening to this conversation as like kind of like going up above my body and, and looking down and thinking, what are they talking? Why, why are they talking about color correction? Like as if we're making a movie or like a TV show or something. And then there's some people going like, this is not relevant, but just give it a try. Like we don't necessarily mean like, you know, we're not we're not making fucking children of men. It's not about like <laughs> grading the shit out of it for, um, for, for an Oscar, but yeah. this is it's it it is about that continuity thing and and it yeah. not being jarring it's 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 no different than having like a quiet scene followed by a super loud scene it's just going to annoy yeah. people exactly. and then, and people say things like oh, i've got to keep turning my volume up and down and it's a real ball ache and it yeah. it, it can really put people off watching your shit so something yeah. as simple as a really dark scene followed by a really bright scene just spend a couple of seconds see if you can like normalize them yeah it, and it, it, it isn't some it isn't some overkill thing it's just a really simple little yeah. tweak
2: and and that's the thing is. Like most most of, the, did you want to say
3: something? <laughs> Fuck you. Uh,
2: well, I was going to say most of the time I'm doing color correction is just for that yeah. exact reason because uh, it's. Is it... uh, because it's it, it is it's going from super dark to super light or you know I've I've shot something but there's a massive amount of glare on it and it's all like washed out so it's just putting a little bit of color back in so you can actually see what's happening. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's not quite so much creating, you know, like with Brett's where there's a there's almost like a, a not not a filter, but it's almost like there's a filter going over the whole thing, and it all follows the same kind of color profile. With mine, it's more just very basic, bodging it together. Whereas with Brett's, it's a little bit more, or tends to be a little bit more cinematic in the yeah. way that it's done.
1: It, the, and again, that comes down to personal preference. Al, I, I appreciate you interjecting that because I'm kind of catching myself going into like deep seated. This isn't. This isn't the like <laughs> welcome. We're going to teach you how to edit a movie. Um, so much of this is just is making your life easier. We all walk into the edit of this, and especially if you're just starting or like, how do I produce my first video? Do I have to get Premiere? No. No. Nope. Do you have to buy a Mac and have iMovie? No. There's tons of people that do it with other software or you know I mean, old computers and things. Tim does it, his on his phone. Chris Cash got a million views, shot it on his phone, edited, yeah. it, posted it, whatever. Doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that that's an absolute like lottery ticket of a situation for him. <laughs> but I have a lot of years having worked in production, and I've learned. F- from experience that there's everybody's got their opinion about what tool or what camera or what programming you can use. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Things like color correction to use your example, Al will help. Yeah, you probably most of you have Instagram or a social media app that you use. I can almost guarantee that at some point you've like used a filter or boosted the contrast on a shot. It doesn't take very long. Once you learn that it's two clicks of the button, it's the same thing in whatever editing program you do. I know for a fact that iMovie has pre-filters that will like warm up a scene or cool down a scene or boost the contrast and you just yeah. click. It's like a copy-paste situation. So yeah, I don't mean to sound like I'm going too over the top and giving like a premiere uh, tutorial walkthrough. That's that's for a different time because it's, <laughs> it's a long conversation. But the, <laughs> basics, the basics of what I'm trying to get across is... Pre-production is just important as post-production for me. Whatever project you want to work on, great. Take 10 or 15 minutes, maybe, as you're you're getting set up. Write down, like, what what do you think the important part of this build is to show? If you just want full coverage, which there's no problem with, like, set up cameras, full coverage. I just want to be able to switch some angles every now and then, but I, I want just a big wide shot. Uh, maybe a couple of details and then out. I want to show somebody how I build a chair. Yeah, just, there's just, absolutely nothing wrong with
3: that. Just to galvanize that point about pre-production and you know keeping it tight in the camera and letting you know. There's so many times where I've actually just gone out and reshot stuff because it's quicker and easier than fucking around and try to do it in the edit. Yeah, I mean it might it might be different for you, Brett, because you might be at home or you might not be at the shop. But I literally just. Close the close the MacBook, run to the Hack Shack, shoot the <laughs> scene, and come back because it, honestly it that 10-15 seconds is quicker than yeah two or three minutes fucking around yeah. trying to edit it. Yeah. And, we, and you can just go right, that's the exact shot I want, this exact length I want. I'm not trying to cut bits out or you know, inspect like there's times where I've like ended up speeding things up or like mirroring things back so it kind of bounces you don't notice it, but you just needed yeah. that extra second, otherwise it doesn't fit. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to kind of like either time stretch it or like play it back on itself, and it's like it gets a bit weird. Yeah, just it it just it just proves the point that it's it's easier to do it when you're shooting it, which sounds ridiculous because there's a camera involved. You've got to be doing the making. You you know you've got to be on set set. But seriously, it is quicker.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the reasons why like the the first couple of videos that i did i and i think it was actually brett that even suggested it um i wrote out a like a very very basic shot list it's like right what things do i actually need to capture (laughs) and and it made it so much easier because it was like right okay i've got that shot that means i don't actually need to video for another 20 minutes because i'm just doing the same thing over and over again now and um yeah i did that and like now when i'm when i am filming which isn't very often but when I do it's you know that's kind of almost instinctual it's like right okay what do I need right yeah I got this and like Al says if if you do miss something occasionally you have to go back and and reshoot it but I think one of the other things is like people get so caught up in having the perfect video for their first video and like trying to put everything in trying to have you know every special shot ever every little bit you know and and have like, because I mean, all of us have put in jokes and things like that into our videos, and like the the Vice video that I did. There's only like 30 people on the planet that are going to get half of the jokes that are in it, um, and the fact that you know to, to understand it, you've got to have seen. Uh, I can't remember who's 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 the first Vice video, uh, restoration video to start with it, but like, yeah, you've got to have seen like three different videos before mine makes sense. And um, and that was great fun. But if if you're going for a wide appeal, that that's maybe not the way to go. If you're just doing it for a bit of fun, then do it for a bit of fun. Like I think understanding why you're doing something is is important. But I think just getting over the the uh, the, the hump of getting that first video out is more important because if you put a video out. And it gets no views, and you, you know, you do three more, and you go. Actually, that first one was really shit. You
3: can delete it; it's fine. <laughs> like you'll, you also you'll find you'll find your way. So like yeah, yeah. You, you might put all your fucking effort into it, but then actually, you know what really resonates with people, or what you re- actually really enjoy doing is just doing voiceovers and just filming yeah. yourself, you know. Or the opposite, it might be that you really enjoy just showing your hands, so you yeah. don't need to bother with all that stuff. And you know, it's it's just it's just finding your way. What Goes down well. what feels natural. If you try to force something, every time you make a video and the edit feels like, oh, this isn't even doesn't even feel like me. I think you, you'll you'll yeah. find that you actually you start editing because it's it's what you like. Yeah. And if you you know that's that's ultimately what your your content will be is things that you like.
0: Yeah. And if you if you
3: if you if you if you something that you, isn't really your thing and you just try to try to either appeal to a market or yeah. copy another style, it's like you're not doing the right thing.
2: And that's the thing, is at the end of the day, like we, I think I speak for all three of us when we say we do this for enjoyment. This is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to feel like an absolute slog to get through every Mm -hmm. single edit. And like one of the things that I've, I've found since starting doing any kind of videos is that I much, much prefer filming other people. I don't like being in front of the camera myself. Um, I certainly don't like being in front of the camera talking. Um... And yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing a couple of videos where I'm I'm forcing myself to do that, and that's more of a kind of uh, a personal um, challenge and a personal growth thing. And like, I I honestly don't care if those videos get zero views. Um, but the videos that I really enjoy making and the, the videos that I I think are worth watching of mine tend to be ones where I'm filming someone else do something because I can I'm a, I feel a lot freer and I feel um, especially when I'm editing, yeah, you know, I'm not looking going, oh fuck, I look like a dick in that shot, <laughs> or I sound really stupid, or whatever. I'm just going, this shot works, this shot doesn't, and and I'm far more objective about it. Um, and so, yeah, my point is basically just like Al said, you you find what works for you, what you feel comfortable, what you enjoy doing, and you go with that rather than trying to force something that. You think, oh, well, I need to do this because that's going to get me clicks or likes or
3: not. Not, even, or not even that. I don't. I don't even necessarily think there's a there's always a cynical edge to it. It might just be that some you know some people might think that's what they have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, I have to have an intro. I have to have music in it. Like you don't at all. Like I, I yeah. use music purely for storytelling purposes. So if yes. I'm see, if, if I'm arriving in a car, it's the it's the the radio is yeah. on in the car. Yeah. Or you know, or I'm building a radio in the hack shack, so I obviously yeah. need to have some sort of music. Like it's, <laughs> it's used as part of the the, the narrative. It's not um, it's not necessarily a tool that I need in my videos. Sometimes yeah. it's nice, you know, but other times that's not that's not my style. So um, yeah. you don't have to necessarily do everything bells and whistles. Um, I remember at the you know before my even before my very I, I'm still shooting on my 15 year old SLR. Yeah. The, you know, it's not fit for purpose, but it it does what I need it to do. Like I remember yeah. before even building the hack shack, I was like, "Do I need a camera with like ch- interchangeable lenses? And do I need this? And do I need that? And what kind of lighting rig do I need?" And it's like, no, <laughs> don't, it's not. Yeah. It's not relevant to what I'm doing. You know, I'm not. Yeah. In a, I'm not making a Backstreet Boys video. I'm not in a studio. <laughs> I don't need those little rings in my fucking irises. It's it's just me and my camera filming what I'm doing, usually yeah. with the same focal length. And a few occasional close-ups. Yeah. And it's that's all I need. You know, same with Brett, I'll I'll change the camera angle to waste time because I've got nothing better to do <laughs> than walk around moving fucking cameras and then redo yeah, the thing. Right? I'll, you know, because it's visual interest and it's fun and you might want to see things from different angles, but I don't need anything else than that. I don't need any, you know, I've I've realized through doing it that I don't yeah. actually need it. Whereas at the start I was like, Oh, I need everything. Yeah. I yeah. need a road mic. I need all this. It's like Actually,
1: turns no, out. I don't. Yeah, we. I feel like we've touched on that. People before. People love listening but... to me breathe down the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Leave it alone. Um, I, that's one other thing. If if you are filming and getting into production, you got to imagine that the pre-production stuff, um, all these tools and all the stuff that we, you know, have to try and spend money on materials and tools to build the thing, and then on top of that, realizing that you need you know, Adobe's not free. The Adobe stuff's not free. The music service that I talked about earlier is not free. There are ways to do this for a hell of a lot cheaper, just like there are cheaper tools to use in the workshop. It's all an investment in what you want, but you are in no way required to buy the really expensive angle grinder. There are clearly tons of us that use the beat up old ones. Same thing goes with the editing programs. Uh, People that are able to do more, more with less, you know, I'm, I'm, impressed by the person that can have the cheapest camera the free editing software the like free music and still make make it feel like it was an insanely high budget well-produced maker video and You're like how the fuck yeah. did you do that well it's because they were engaging yeah. whatever it was the interest of 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 the thing that they were doing it held my interest so well that i didn't care that it was a little overexposed or that it wasn't as sharp, you know, as a 4k $10,000 lens on the front of a $50,000 camera. All of this, all of this editing stuff feeds off of the pre-production. Like you can't do this post-production if you're not even thinking about what happens before.
2: But that's the thing is like, sorry, you saying that about uh, the whole 4k thing. That's one of my pet peeves is the fact that the vast majority of people that watch stuff on YouTube are either watching it on their phones while they're in the bathroom or they're, they've, you know, they've stuck it on their TV and they're doing something else or they're watching it on their laptop. They're they're not, they're not watching it like it's a cinematic experience. They're not expecting, you know, to have the best production quality and absolutely crystal clear, clear the entire time. Don't be wrong. Like if, if you're, if that's the way that you want to go and do that, that's great. But don't, don't worry if you know if you're only shooting in 720p. Like that's perfectly fine.
1: I mean, anybody getting in your own way because that's yeah. going to be like, well, I can't make a video until I have ten thousand dollars lighting. And you're like, yeah, okay,
3: exactly. And I've just I've just quartered the speed of my editing. Yeah, computer, because I've now got four times the, the resolution. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to open Adobe After Effects right now to show you guys something, and my computer is just not having it. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean that, that's the thing is don't run wrong. Like there there are huge advantages if you can afford to to have everything that that'll do that. Then yes, there's obvious advantages to it. But I mean, uh, Tim from work edited uh, a movie. Uh, movie, uh, video on his um, on his phone, edit it on his phone, and it was actually really good and really enjoyable mm-hmm. because it's it's fun watching Tim be Tim. Um, but not he, because...
3: he is he is a mess, and his workshops a mess. Yeah. And the stuff he builds is like rustic and tasty, so it shouldn't be a clean cut, like yeah, sterile fucking laser show. Cause it wouldn't, yeah. it would completely jar with, with his style.
2: Exactly. And and that's the thing so I think it's, it's about finding something that kind of that fits and not getting. So, I mean, again, it goes back to what you said earlier on out, like not getting hung up on, um, on all the things that you, you know, you, you look and you think, Oh, I must do this. And I must do that mm-hmm. because you don't worry about what you must. It's, it's exactly the same as fucking making something. If you've, don't have a table saw use a hand saw you know it it's whatever it takes to get it done you you don't need to have all the bells and whistles you don't need to have like brett said you don't need to have a fucking cnc to do it you can you can do it by hand you can do it with what you've got and and it still be good and still be enjoyable like i, I, think... I don't
3: th- i don't think it's real edi- editing unless you're actually
1: cutting the film
3: by hand <laughs> no, you know, have to it together
1: sellotap- <laughs> yeah and then you have to hand-crank it and and record the hand-crank on the laser disc. And, and develop the film it. yourself. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I know we've kind of devolved into just a generic conversation about things because I think all three of us realize we are like, this is fucked. I don't want to just show off my editing software. But the most important things as far as the advice goes and as far as what I was showing you guys earlier, I've I've since just kind of closed the program. I'll show another little thing just to uh, show off some silliness that goes into like, when you get really comfortable and and ridiculous with the tool, I'll show you guys the After Effects animation editing. Uh, I'll bring it up on screen so that people that are uh, listening, hopefully we can get a gauge from Alan Steve's reaction of what it looks like, because it's nightmarish. I, I think for me, it's like pre-production being important, try and shooting, try shooting tight, keeping, keeping ahead or keeping your head on what you've shot, what's important, you know, making your work easier for you, uh, in post-production. And as far as the music thing goes, I know I'm harking on a lot, but, um, Even if you don't want to use music in your videos, a lot of times, like, Steve, I bet you have music playing in a set of headphones or in the background, or maybe there's some white noise going on in the background, like something that kind of helps you with whatever the vibe is. I I say vibe for lack of a better term, but for me, the music thing helps a lot just because there's a tone. There's a tone to either how I shoot or uh, what project I'm working on. Yeah, if it's something piratey, I'll try and have some, you know, like piratey music moving along. When I was editing the anchor that I made with Chris, uh, I initially had kind of like rocky music because Chris yeah. listens to rock music, and I was like, "Yeah, all right, we'll have this vibe and it'll be a little bit more powerful." And then I got so frustrated because I hated it. I was like, "This isn't, this isn't what it is. This, is, I hate this." And I took a huge step back and then went the opposite direction. It was like, "I'm gonna play something slow." And like, it's from the medieval ages underneath this, yeah. which is as far as I'm concerned, the exact opposite of my original approach, made a huge difference, made a huge difference and made the edit feel better to me. Yeah. So you have full control over whatever you're trying to tell the people. If if what you're trying to pur- uh, purvey, is that the right word? Convey, Convey, convey yeah. Convey. Whatever you're trying to convey. convey, whether it is specifically the build, or if you're like some of us that do the storyline driven stuff or like a fool fly video, there's clearly a bunch of production time put into uh, like the dumb costumes and the music and the, you know, calling each other days before to get footage of Steve with a tape mustache on and Al dressed like Jane. It's, it's supposed to be fucking fun to do these things. So if the edit is a huge drag on you, see what you can change about the edit what are, what are you doing to get in your own way about getting those things produced and getting them out there for people to see i can I can testify to that because as as it goes
3: on I'm actually enjoying the process a lot more yeah at, at the start it was a ball ache and it was time consuming and it was frustrating but now as, as I start to learn all these things that actually helped me along the way um and how to line things up and be ruthless, you know. Yeah, it's actually becoming a really fun process. Yeah. And I know a lot of people bitch and moan about editing because you know, it takes so much time. Everything takes time. And I just think that this is part of it. Like, I, I'm not making projects, I'm making videos. Yeah. That's that's the point. I'm not making dresses. <laughs> the, th- <laughs> the, the thing that I'm producing is, is the video for people to watch. So, like, that's, it's, you know, more important almost, than the, than the actual thing. The thing is right. probably getting thrown away, burnt, or eaten at the end of it.
1: So, so I'm I'm going to put this up on the screen for you guys to see, and I know I've talked about this before, so, listening, folks that are listening, I apologize, but this goes along exactly with what you were saying, Al. Like, the Maker Adventure thing was an idea I came up with a while ago because I'm a video game nerd and I always wanted to be a video game character. So the amount of work that I accept, like it is not it is not extra work. It's part of the project, right? But it is stupid sometimes to open these programs and realize what I've gotten myself into with these, where I now have to have a separate After Effects file for every Maker Adventure video because the the actual files themselves are too heavy for my computer to run, let alone like render them out. So I have to do a lot of what Steve was talking about earlier with the nesting and everything. Um, But for anybody that's able to see this, I'll show you based on the the nesting stuff that we were talking about earlier that I was talking you through earlier. This intro from, from the coin video, which is the last maker adventure video, This is what you get to see when you render it out, is this one timeline, I can kind of scrub through it, but it's absolutely chewing my computer apart and it's in one third resolution. If you wanna look into like what goes into this and why I am learning to enjoy the process, like Al was saying, I can double click on this and go into the nest that created that file. And that is these 30 layers. Now, each one of these layers that is beige is another pre-comp. And then all of those layers that are beige are other pre-comps. And so I think in this animation for, for Jess that I had to make with the milk run and everything, there's 300 separate assets that all have to get animated and layered and stuff like that, only to get output to Premiere, then put music on top of and sound effects and then key out the timing and everything like that. And I do it absolutely willingly because this is meant to be fun for us. This is like, I choose to do these silly videos with animations and things in them and spend way more time than a couple people that I could list (laughs) as examples that don't spend that much time on their production. It doesn't matter. Like they're still producing stuff. They're making cool shit. Yeah. I'm trying to do the same i it's an opinion and a different perspective on things i I have a desire to take people along with this little adventure. I'm willing to put in the extra tools and the extra time because to me it's completely worth it and it's enjoyable to get a smile on somebody's face when I make a squirrel crawl across the screen
2: <laughs> and I, I think that's the thing though is like you say it it's you have the uh, the ability through your own um, skills to to be able to do that. I mean, yes, don't get me wrong. Like you could probably do with a a, a nice brand new fucking <laughs> Mac I still- to, to to run it all on. But yeah, you're willing to put to put up with that pain because you you enjoy it. And you know you might not necessarily enjoy that specific part of the process, um, but the end result is worth it to you. And and I think that's the same with like to, to bring this background to making it's the same with with any kind of making like you you go as far as you want to go with it you know if you want to do um, like really detailed fine woodworking then you know you you know that okay I'm, if i'm doing this with all uh, hand tools then will uh, you know it, it's going to take a lot longer and you know it's the same with with you doing the the make adventure. If you're going to do that all in After Effects, it's going to take a lot longer. But for you, it's worth it. Um, if you, but that doesn't mean that you need to have these special tools to to put things in. Like <laughs> you can, you can you can either uh, just get some friends to to let like say to film some bits where you know you're not putting on special uh, After Effects and things like that. It is literally just a a bit of masking tape colored in with a sharpie (laughs) that that becomes a mustache like you know and and you can put those silly things in and you you make a point of of showing that you know they are just silly and you're not trying to um to pretend like you've got the the best production values in the world like it it's just about being honest with what you make um whether that's a a piece of furniture or whether that's a a video it's it's showing what you can do and what you want to do and as long as the end result is is something that you're happy with and you're proud of it doesn't it doesn't matter um but yeah i i did you just quickly want to do that uh audio bit
1: yeah sure so since we've talked about audio quite a bit i'll i'll give people an example if you can see here this is the final edit that i did for the broom video and um this looks I'll, pretty crazy from a wide view, but obviously we do the wide view to begin with. And um, I'll play back, hopefully you guys can hear the audio, but I'll try and play back some of the parts that have cuts to the beat, um, just to give you a sense of what we're talking about when when editing to the music. Um, but if we look, Al, I think you had brought it up. If If we look at it from kind of far away, even though there's all these insane video clips going and in and it seems all chopped through you can see the audio waveform here in green, and so, the green oh, so
3: the greens the music and the blue is like the, the audio of the clips right
1: yeah and you can see like uh, in Premiere and I'm, I'm not 100% sure it works the same in iMovie I feel like last time I looked at iMovie you can see the audio waveform but there's only like a volume control and nothing else you can't do If you look right here where my cursor is, there's actually a ramp down in the music so it gets softer. I'm able to control the volume in that capacity. I don't think some programs can do that. But yeah, you can see this is a build. Uh, This is a piece of music that obviously builds. It's quieter here, and then it gets really intense towards the end. If I remember correctly, that is one of the parts of forging. Ooh, that's the brassing part. Mm. Forging must be this because it's all loud all the time. And I think it was a bit more intense. So here, I'll try and play it back. We'll see if my computer doesn't explode. So this is actually, I forgot that I chose this music piece. There is a, there's a harmony no, there's a melody going on. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. All of the cuts are done on this kind of a bell sounding repetition that is it's on like a 4/4 count. It yeah. just kind of repeats over and over again. And you may not pick up, you know, the average viewer may not pick up on it, but every shot changes on the measure of those of those sounds. Yeah. So even though it's very hidden in the background and and that little high-end part is kind of hidden with the piano and uh, kind of the droning sounds, to me, I was editing to that. And what it did was actually had a pretty decent flow. When I watched it back, I was like, oh, that's very, how very subtle.
3: Yeah.
2: For those of you that can see the screen and you can see the peaks and troughs in the audio, um, like, just to explain to, to those that can't, like, for for me, I find because my as as we just saw with, with Brett's like computer not exactly wanting to play ball for a second, like <laughs> if if you're trying to do really um really nice, clean, tight edits like that, then sometimes hitting play, pause, play, pause isn't the best way to do it. And I quite often rather than seeing where the music comes in, because mine will like the the video will start playing and 10 minutes later the audio will suddenly kick in or the audio will play but all of a sudden it just jumps at 30 seconds ahead sort of thing like i get a lot of problems with that so i i use the waveform as a way of um of editing so i just click straight on you know like you say if you're doing for the melody you know I, i i recognize where that melody is or where it is in the melody by where it is in the waveform and using that as a um as an edit point rather than trying to do it um, by listening to it. So going back to doing like the, the whole visual thing um, and finding those, those little tricks like that, where you can look at it and go, right, that's, that's it. That's what I need to, or that's where I need to cut it rather than listening to it and going, Oh, that, that was it. And then you've got that, uh, A, you've got the, the delay of your computer. B, you've got the reaction delay. Then you click it. Then if your laptop's anything like mine, it's three seconds later and it actually does the thing that you just tried to do. And, right. uh, and then you have to go back and you have to keep repeating that until you click it in the right place. Or you just go, right, okay, I'm going to look at the timeline. I'm going to edit it up there. I'm going to go, because uh, most, um, I, I actually just went to click on it on the screen and realized that this is a, uh, a, a not my program. But you, <laughs> but you can, you, know, you can jump ahead by a single frame at a time. So, you know, use that like get to roughly where you want to be with the waveform and then go um uh frame by frame until you're in the exact right spot and like little things like that and i think that's kind of they're really important but again it comes back to to what uh i was saying at the beginning like you you learn this stuff as you do it like nobody um nobody that first did their no, nobody's first cut of a bit of wood was perfectly straight. Like, it's it's about um, whatever program you use, learning how to use it, learning what works for you, and and kind of it's going on from there. It's just yeah. another tool, exactly. And that's the thing is, I think it, it's about learning how how to use it, what works for you, what doesn't, um, learning those little tricks and tips and and things like that. And and the thing is, is there's so many people out there that that do this as well. Like it's, it is just another form of making. So if you've got questions, there's, there's fucking loads of Facebook groups out there for all of the different podcasts. So just go into one of them and just say, guys, I'm doing this. I'm using this program. Any tips for how I can make it do this instead, or, you know, I'm, I'm struggling getting this thing to work. Anybody had come across this problem before. I think because- even
3: just, even just watching people's videos and yeah. not, not, watch them first time round to, to enjoy it but then maybe watch it again and just go oh that's how you know like watch someone like Seb's videos
2: oh my god. because he is, yes.
3: he uses music instead of tool sounds and it's so wonderful so I he's not using he he's not using that. music to edit to or for timing he's just using it as like a hilarious sometimes it's sound effects like like yeah. a laser for his nail gun things like yeah. that <laughs> but but he's using you know he's he's using um music as almost like a, a pun. Yeah, you know, for 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 comedy effects. So you, you, there isn't just there isn't one formulaic way of doing this. And I think if if you just watch a few different styles, you go, oh yeah, that's that's what Frank Howarth does. That's what Jimmy does. That's what Brett does. Yeah. Um and just just you know make a few notes. There's no harm in going like, oh, actually, I really like the way they do that. But I'd rather not have it sped up. I'd rather do it, you know, real yeah. time. Make yeah. your own make your own little little recipe.
1: Yeah, because you're not going to come up with any new groundbreaking, uh, movie making techniques and there's no real reason to, but you know, slow-mo looks good when you're making crazy changes with the power hammer, I guess. But you know, you, the, the trends, the visual trends, do them. There is a reason they work. There's a reason people like them or go the complete opposite direction because it's your video and you can do whatever the fuck you want.
2: Yeah. And, and that's the thing is it's like um like al you can said, do man. whatever
1: you want
3: just fucking turn off or focus off <laughs> um but like yeah
2: like i like said like there's so many different um on
1: five minutes things. of al rant of production.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there's loads of different things out there that you that you that people do and there's nothing wrong with um taking inspiration from that and and using those little things and like i said you know you take those little things and and you make your own recipe if you if you wholesale like completely copy shot for shot someone's video then yeah that's probably frowned upon but if if you're just going oh i really like the way that brett cut that or i really like the way that um that jimmy sped that bit up or whatever like you,
1: you oh, all right <laughs>
3: but oh yeah but sure you, this is a video isn't it yeah <laughs>
2: as you say yeah, you, everyone can see
3: you um,
1: i'm editing but, this <laughs>
2: but yeah you, you know it, whatever those things are you you take those little bits and and you make your own recipe that that's the thing is, is as long as the end result is something that's that's yours then it doesn't matter if you've got a few little bits that you've taken inspiration from other people um i think that's kind of uh, it, it's kind of the way that everybody does it um yes that i was i was going to get around to that yeah, yeah that but that way that way around um but yeah get just basically get out there make your own stuff for fuck's sakes it's really distracting no but i've yeah
3: oh sorry it's mirrored it's not like it's not actual footage i don't know am i mirrored to you uh
2: at the moment you're pointing to my mouse cursor yeah but that
3: that reads the correct way right yeah yeah but to me it's mirrored it's backwards
2: yeah that's annoying yeah uh (laughs) And, uh, and after that little discussion, I think we should probably move into spiffing.
0: People that we think that are spiffing.
2: Spot, which means it's me first and i am going to go with uh because we were talking about um all the editing and everything else and i'm obviously kind of like the one representing the the more basic edits i guess uh basically kind of like (laughs) kind of like not having perhaps the uh all of the the bells and whistles to be able to make amazing videos um i'm gonna go with pat lap because what he does with his videos is it's all simple it's all done like in very simple ways but it's always really fun it's always really entertaining and um there's like lots of visual comedy that keeps things interesting but it's not necessarily um uh like following the formula of, as you will of like this many seconds on this shot and this many seconds on this shot it's it's just pat being pat and it's fucking hilarious so mm-hmm. uh yeah uh pat lap who is the the woodpecker le pic bois <laughs> le pic bois
1: le yeah.
2: that one um yeah go check out his stuff it's good uh b for brett
1: yeah i'm going to spiff on so uh, a team of folks that I actually used to work with. Um, they were kind of a partner of ours that I developed the relationship over some time. Uh, I've talked about it before in previous episodes, but the company's name is Red Giant. They do post-production software and stuff that I've used in the past when I was actually not having to pay for thousands of dollars of post-production software. But they make they started making a lot more budget level post-production stuff and it's not just visual effects they do everything from like some simple motion tracking or color correction presets that'll work in a handful of different programs um and they're a great team of guys but they have a youtube channel that's uh red giant films i believe or or watch red giant films i will send steve the link so it will be in the show But if you just search Red Giant, um, you should be able to find them. They do a lot of tutorials. So if it was ever something you were interested in um, getting into visual effects and whatnot, like some of the earliest stuff is what a lot of people that went through motion graphics classes were doing, which is like lightsabers. How do I make a lightsaber? (laughs) Which is look into it. There's a couple companies that have figured out some slightly better ways to do it. But really, it's like frame by frame called rotoscoping it's the worst yeah. thing on the planet you just have you <laughs> might frame paint this thing on the screen it sucks yeah um but Ahar, Aaron aharon he's got a really interesting pronunciation of his first name aaron rabinowitz yeah aaron rabinowitz is my buddy over there and he's still doing tutorials along with a couple of the other guys and they do um a lot of like how this style is achieved or how you could do this simple visual effect or how yeah. To work with color correction better, and they always make it start. They'll they'll start their tutorials from like the basic up, so it starts with really simple. And by the end of it, if you've got chops in it, they'll let you uh, follow along, and you can push it further. So I like them a lot. They've taught me a lot. I still use some of their software. I miss the expensive, really cool software that I used <laughs> to use, but uh i still continue to use some of their stuff because it's a huge time saver and they basically as far as digital work and editing goes they make tools just like dewalt and all the other brands make tools for the shop they make tools for the post-production stuff i like them a lot good team doing good stuff putting free tutorial stuff out there good people
2: awesome Um, and actually on that point um that's like just a quick tip um if you can learn a little bit of the terminology when when it comes to editing and things like that, it makes searching for uh, basic tutorials so much easier. Um, and there's so many on YouTube and mm-hmm. for every kind of uh, software program that you can think of, someone's done a tutorial for it. Um, yep. And the amount of times that I've been trying to do, trying to figure something out for hours at the laptop and then just gone, fuck it. Quick Google. And all of a sudden there's a video telling me exactly how to do it. So always, uh, always try and just have a look and see if there's anything on on YouTube as well. Cause normally it helps.
1: That being said, it sounds like Steve's learned a lot. So if you have any questions on post-production or animation, you be sure and message Steve. No, he will take care of you. Steve,
3: Steve, Steve, Steve,
2: Steve. Uh, Unless you're using Filmora and you want to do some really basic stuff. I'm probably not the person to ask. Perfect. Uh,
3: Al. Hi. Spiffy. Oh, yeah. Um, There we go. Back in the room. We've We've talked about um, these guys in the past, but it was more in reference to what they're actually producing. But um, the It's Alive show over on Bon Appetit, um, that show would not be anything without the edit. Um, and it's nothing fancy. It's one camera angle, a couple of close-ups, um, handheld. You know, there's nothing – there's no effects added, just a little bit of animation over the top. But it's just all about the cut and the, just the, the hilarity of when it cuts, when it goes back, showing the behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, like the the bloopers. Um, it's just really funny, and it's, it's just all about timing. You know, there's no fancy bits, really. Uh, there's just a little bit of, like, funny – um, sound effects and stuff, but even with all that stripped out, the edit is what makes that show funny because you can tell this chemistry with the the the, the camera guy and and Brad. So Vinny, I think he's called, um, the guy doing the filming. I think he does the editing as well. And um, but it's a, just it really brings that show to life. And even when it's the other shows on the Bon Bon Appetit channel, the editing still kind of keeps this consistent tone of yeah. sort of comedy throughout it. So even when the content isn't funny. You still get this kind of um, enjoyment level going through it. So, bon appetit. Uh, but specifically, the It's a Live show. Nice.
2: Cool. It is good. Yeah. Uh, is there any other business from you? Because, Brett's, oh, no, Brett's back. It's okay.
1: Uh, any other Don't business? Don't talk about it. That's behind the scenes magic. It's, well, no, they'll we'll see it. are doing video. <laughs> oh, they'll see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah. Any other business from either of you?
3: I don't believe so. I think the zombie challenge is back on this Ooh. year. There's there's some Rory rumblings. Um, yeah. Bear in mind it's end of September. People might yeah. have to get a fucking shift on. Um, but watch watch this space. Um, there might be a, a, an announcement bombshell dropped very soon.
2: Bomb. Awesome. That's wow. what I like to hear. Uh, yeah I think that's kind of it Um, I think one last little tip from me is and that's something I learned from these two is there are a lot of cinematography style uh, YouTube channels out there they're really interesting and they can make you think of some things that you perhaps wouldn't have thought of on your own um, and just kind of give you a better understanding of how and why things are shot in a certain way and why you know why editing in that certain Way and cutting it at that certain point is is good, bad, or whatever. Um, so yeah, if you do want to do a deep dive into that, there's some really entertaining ones out there, and uh, yeah, go go check them out. Uh, right, so that is it. Um, you can find us uh, all, all in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metaworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade Thirteen, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Yes. I didn't forget to do it this week. I feel good about that. <laughs> uh, and if you want to find us as a group, you can find us at fdbtpodcast.com.
1: Hold uh, on. What, what happened? Why didn't what? we have an El's Hack off? Oh. Steve, Steve talked over it. I talk over it? Jesus. What? I'm leaving. I'm leaving.
2: Uh, at fwtpodcast.com. Uh, at podcast on Instagram uh and there's the facebook group it's really good fun there's lovely people in there uh it's good so um i don't know where brett's gone but me and al we'll see you next week because we love you